Hello. Hello. Uh, it's been a great week. I just want to say that in a a crazy time that I won't go into because, you know, people don't come here for politics. But in a crazy time that we're in, it was a great week. It was our anniversary week. Uh, we had a great Halloween with friends. Bohemian Rhapsody came out. It was more than I even expected it to be. I loved it. Um, You've been waiting for Bohemian Rhapsody for... A year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half. I have followed... Since it was announced, I have been following everything. That podcast is coming tomorrow. Uh, Andre went to see it today. Uh, we've been squealing at each other over texts. We uh, are in love with it. You loved it. We loved it. It was a great movie. It's a great movie. We'll talk about why it's great and why uh, critics can go suck of any bus station dick. Okay, so... But we're talking about The Haunting of Hill House, which everybody was buzzing about this. Now, it's been out for several weeks now, and I get that, and that's fine. Um, But, you know, sometimes when people say, go watch a thing, you know, it doesn't always work out for me on Netflix. I'm seeing that, I want to say, depending on who you are and what you're into, I will take your recommendation. Because sometimes I feel like... um, the people who write stuff for a living are getting pushed to push a certain thing. Um, it's that's always been the case. I'm not saying that's anything new, but like I know, like some, I follow a couple of per- people in like New York Times. You know, like go watch this, and I'll watch it and go, bitch, what are you talking about? That's some crazy shit. So it took me a minute because everybody was buzzing about Haunting of Hill House, and I'm not a big jump scare person. I'm not a big horror f- fan. It ha- I need to be there for a reason. I do consider my time precious, although I will watch Jersey Shore and Florida you know, which I know I haven't done a podcast about the, either one of those yet. I may, I may not. I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth now. Y'all let me know if I should do Florabama. I feel like I should, but maybe I'll wait till season three. Anyway, so I feel like, you know, I put this off for a couple of reasons. And when I finally got around to watching it, I think I, I clocked maybe the first episode and told you, oh, we need to watch this. Was I at work? Yeah. When you started watching it? I got to like episode four and I was like, okay, yeah. we, we need to watch this shit right here. Because, um, yes, jump scares, sure. Yes, very, very scary to watch by oneself. Yeah, it is, it is, it is creepy. And you're a person who didn't grow up with like the horror film genre. No. And you're not a big, huge fan of watching horror films. No, well, I'm not a huge fan of like being scared. No, it's like slasher, just oh no, I hate that shit. Yeah, blood stuff. Yeah, kind of stuff. Uh, but a good like... a good horror movie, I'll watch. Like Paranormal Activity, the first one I thought was really scary. I thought it was great. Yeah, I didn't watch Blair Witch because I can't watch that kind of stuff without hurling. Yeah, sure, sure. But. It's still good, though, I'd say. It's still really good. Um, So, I get you turned on to it. It's good, isn't it? I mean, like, it's good. Yeah, I think we railed through it in just a couple days. Record time. Because I caught up. I started it. Yeah. 
and then I caught up and then passed where you were. And then we, we would have done it real quick if it hadn't have been for like our schedule. We, yeah. we actually do have a schedule, you guys. I know that it seems like we just lay around and eat bonbons and watch TV. Scratch our butts. Uh, but Ian actually goes to set and I actually am writing a novel and I have other clients that I write for. So there's stuff going on. I mean, there's regular shit that happens. But this one was so good and... You know what's crazy about it? Because there's so much going on in this series, you have to watch it twice, I think. Yeah. We have to watch it again. Yeah. You have to see... I mean, there's just so much there. Well, technically, we did watch parts of it twice. Like, you watched the first part of it twice, because mm. I had to watch it. And then I moved ahead, and I watched the parts of it that... And I rewatched the ones that... I saw the ones for the first time, and then went and rewatched. I gotta tell you, the one thing I come away from the haunting of hill house with is is this message of just uh, it's heartbreaking it also this is going to be the thing that i think the show's intention is it was for me it disseminates that bomb of horror it's in the it's in the words of the script um it's how we we begin with a thought and we end with a thought of like you know fear can be this one thing i don't have the quote in front of me um, I feel like I want to look up that quote because it's amazing because if you look at that ending quote, it's not just some sort of poetic bullshit that they slap on a, on a horror genre to make you go, Oh, art there. There's a beautiful thing about Steven who allegedly when this whole thing it's, starts, it's it, it, part of it. It's, it's the relinquishment of logic, the willing relinquishment of reasonable patterns. But it goes on to say something else. And, and because yeah, we, we yield to it or we fight it, but we cannot meet it halfway. And there's even more in there's there about fear there. and love. So yeah. when our series starts, I think Hill House has been held. It, it was a prison for the folks who were caught between its walls. And then the this family comes along and through tragedy and sacrifice and the caregivers uh, also on the property... Um, what is the family's last name? Dudleys. The Dudleys. So the Dudley, well, the caretaker's Dudleys, but the family that moves in there. The Cranes? The Cranes. So the Cranes and the Dudleys end up, by way of the Cranes, the Dudleys are able to, they take this place from being this supernatural prison to a place that's a sanctuary um, for the dead and for these spirits. And I loved that sentiment. That That's what... Yeah, it's it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully acted. It's got all of the things. Like, they spare no expense. This thing looks rich and lovely. And there's so many stories. And I loved all the Crane children. And I, I actually really started to appreciate the Dudley stories. And yeah, there's so much there. It's very, very rich. But with that ultimate message of, like, we're taking this fucking place that was ruled by Poppy and her, you know, reign of terror, you know, one dude actually walled himself up in the house. We don't get his total backstory, but shit had to be bad for you being walling yourself up in the walls of the house. So I like how it, we end with this sort of message of of this may seem like a, a horrible place to you and a scary place to you. But this place is at peace because of the crane sacrifice, ultimate sacrifice there. Yeah. Um, and it was like it was, it was almost it was like the father character, um, who his, carried a lot of responsibility yeah. and a lot of weight. Um, 
did Hugh, we? Hugh, Hugh, like, didn't Hugh go to prison for murdering his wife? Don't they like they hang that on him? I don't. I feel like the children got to take it, take it away from him, and they grew up with. Uh, they didn't really the aunt. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, so I guess that it was implied, but they I, never really said. They never really said. You know, I got it big time that he went. He got sent up for that shit. Am I missing this? Well, no, I don't think. So. I don't think you're. I think what. I think your assumption is correct. He's estranged from his children. Yeah. I think because the yeah, murder because, is... Because, yeah, because... Uh, because um, he says some stuff to that, you know, Sheriff Clueless. Yeah, and then, you know, the letters that are being sent, the, mm-hmm. you know, Puffalopes. Right. She's probably sending letters to her dad in prison. And she's saying she's writing to Santa. I think she's writing to some sort of That's deity. right. He's, I got letters. Yeah, I got letters, and she told me kept me up apprised of of what all you guys are doing so yeah i think he did probably go to prison i feel like he did so i you know i'm I'm sorry if i just totally missed this but you know you know me force with the trees i mean this is how this is how i roll it makes sense it it never said oh while you were in prison they never said that right but it was very heavily i mean you can just draw the conclusion i have to say the standout episode for me and and again every episode is amazing from the from the pilot to the to the conclusion they're all extraordinary the one that sticks with me is when uh again i hope you've seen the spoiler tag guys i hope that you've paid attention to that do not let us spoil this series for you see it firsthand then come here um so get out now uh, is when Nellie has died and she's at the funeral home. Her sister has had to do her own embalming, by the way. Like, dang. And then she's at the funeral home, the Crane funeral home, or, or whatever. Did she take her husband's name? We don't know. But anyway, so she's at the funeral home and that whole kind of seemingly seamless from the past into the present steady cam kind of um, theatrical reminded me of Mr. Robot, the way they shot it, between the family drama playing out and how we step into the past when Hugh goes to the bathroom. There's, um, I don't know which episode that was. I think it was, it's episode six, Two Storms. Yeah, the Two Storms uh, episode is probably my favorite. If if it's going to be on anyone's awards list, that's going to be the one that establishes what the show did well and does well. Um, yeah, like the, those shots where they're, they, like, you, f- you first notice it when Hugh gets there and he's like, I got to use the bathroom. Yeah. Goes it's, down it's the hall. It's a stage play for me. It's sound. We can hear the yeah. rain. That's we right, can hear it abate. The storm's going on in the, um. In the present and in the and, past. Yeah. Yeah. That's our two storms. Two and storms. our two storms between what was going on with the family then and now. So I, and I love that it wasn't just. Just hitting you over the head with it. I really appreciated that. That's probably my favorite. I felt like I was watching like the spooky version of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I don't know. Um, That one is the standout, but I enjoyed so many moments along the way, especially like Luke trying to, you know, kick his habit and the the tall man coming to haunt him in like real life. So we see that these characters not just haunted within the walls of hill house this creature followed him to the to the mean streets you know when he's out trying to score not trying to score smack as it were because he's trying to stay clean and sober after his girlfriend um absconds with his money to get some some dope well that was weird is because like when when um what's the youngest what's luke's the youngest 
There's Nellie. Nellie. When Nellie's twin, yeah. She sees the bent neck, bent neck lady, and the bent neck lady is actually her. Right. But she's been seeing her since she was a kid. But since you, I mean, that's that. It opens up like that. It's like movie. fucked up. That's fucked up. But the tall guy, who's he? I think he was a character in the house. I don't know quite all the history of the ghost. I kind of like that. I don't know exactly what they are. I'm sure there's sites dedicated to it, and there's a whole fandom that's springing up around this show. Because um, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, signify he, his demise. Was he the one who was walled up? I felt like he was the one who was walled I up. I felt he was the one walled up too, because right. they had the crane and the, the, the crane, the cane in there. Yeah, yeah. So. I feel like there was something, and he felt very even with the kids when he was going down the hallway and Luke was hiding from him as a little kid. I felt like he wasn't a threat. I wasn't afraid of him. Yeah. Like, he's floating around like he's in that Buffy episode of The Gentleman. I don't know if y'all saw that episode of um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer where those gentlemen just, they don't say anything and they have these weird faces. He reminded me of The Gentleman from the Buffy episode, but they had um, ill purposes. I don't feel like this guy, he felt more like a guardian to me. Yeah. I think guardian does some creepy shit. Well, sometimes guardians do, you know. Now your mama come in the room and she's all like nostril damas. She knows what you fixing to do and she hits you upside the head with a shoe. He's kind of like that, you know? Yeah, I, um, God, I loved it. I, okay, can somebody and then explain for, to And me? then for those of you who like the jump scare things, there's a lot of Oh them my in God. There. Every episode, at least a couple yeah. of those. I mean, you get your fair share of mm-hmm. that. And if you go on, like, I think Vulture has an article up right now. You can go find it. The 29 Hidden Ghosts. They had them ghosts everywhere. So, and I caught a couple of them when we were watching it. Like when he was undoing the wall in the basement, like he's trying to get to the mold yeah. and stuff. I said, look above his head. You're like, what? I said, nope. That Pause was the, it. That was the, I think that one and the one that was one of the obvious ones, but in the mirror in the kitchen. Yeah, I saw that one. But I saw the, the hands under the piano in the girl's room and I was like, what the actual oh, fuck is yeah. going on? So, I kind of, but here's. Here's what I want to say about this series and about the concepts therein. It kind of, it's comforting. It's like, I don't know how to say this. I'll just say it clumsily and hopefully my message will surface somehow. That, um... It kind of takes the scary part out of the scary part. It kind of disseminates the bomb when you know that these are just people. And like people walking around on the real earth, some have good intent, some have ill intent. And sometimes with the people who have ill intent, they're just misguided, uninformed, uh, limited in their scope of thinking. And it takes someone to come along and go, no. That's not right. Here's another way to see this. Um, and so the show is scary, of course. And we deal with death. And we also deal with some crazy shit like time travel and dumb waiters. Why would you get in a dumb waiter, child? Don't get in a refrigerator or a dumb waiter. What the hell? These are not redneck children. Because we would not be fucking with no dumb waiter. We might put like an M80 in there and blow that shit up. And no no redneck child is getting in an M80 and going down to it. We know the basement's haunted. No one needs to tell us. Anyway. Somebody, I probably, 
somebody needs to write the redneck haunted film from how we would like deal with ghosts. Somebody needs to write that. Maybe that's me. I don't know. Um, well, it would be like it would be like that commercial where I don't know if it's a car commercial where they're like all they're all standing next to the thing is like we need to run into the house. Yeah, exactly. And then the one guy's like, "Are you crazy? Are you crazy?" I mean, and they've done versions of this. Like again, there's always the 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 uh, Eddie Murphy joke about you go into the house and like the va- the voice says to them, "Get out! We gotta go, baby." I mean, that's exactly where Jordan Peele got the name for "Get Out." Um, but I feel like there's some sort of redneck logic to certain things. It was it was on the level of creepy, like like Get Out. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. It was intelligently done so. Yeah. You know, they had to flip the house. They didn't have a whole lot of money. They couldn't just take off. And then they're getting warned to get out of there. And then they try to get out. And she goes to the motel, but the house is calling. And she gets lured back because this yeah, is her she fate. She goes back and she tries to kill the kids. Yeah, and she does kill the, the Dudley's child. Yeah. I mean. She was, like, possessed. She was possessed by the house. And so... This I made sense, and if, if if you're an American horror story um, devotee, as we are, once you see Murder House, yeah. I was trying to write this off as Murder House, but I loved it because no, this is our second language. We understand what a house can do, and for me, it's a third language because I've been dealing with Hellmouths since Buffy. You know, Monster of the Week is because. You know, spoiler alert, your town is Sunnyvale is built over a hellmouth, so you got all kinds of shit just coming up out of the bowels of the earth every week to deal with. So what I love about this is that most houses are haunted. Doesn't matter how new or old it is, because before you got here, millions of people have already died on the well, same yeah. spot where you're standing. The land. Yeah. Yeah. The dirt that you're standing on, gas station, cafe, sidewalk, beach, park, you know, no matter where you are, something or someone has died. This is this was this is not virgin territory wherever you stand. So how would those ghosts want to tell their story? How do they want to be made to be known? That's what I love about how it it gives dignity to those who have passed and how this heifer doesn't speak for us. Sometimes we just want to live at peace in this, in this sacred land and the cranes are able to give that to the dead of the past while also becoming the new, um, I guess you would say, what do you call it? The thing where you're in possession of you're the custodian you have a custodian in the form of a crane in the afterlife and one in present day because now Stephen's taking over the house. The non-believer who's made all of his money writing books is now, you know, yeah, the real-life custodian of the house. But he's the, he's the one telling the story. Yeah. The non-believer is yeah. telling the story. Yeah. And the non-believer becomes the truest of the believers. Yeah. So, yeah. But... Can we talk about the tragedy of Nellie? Yeah. She knew when she was a little kid, her life was just going to be fucked up. Yeah. First of all, having to wear gloves that entire time in your lifetime. That's Theo. Oh, I'm sorry, Theo. No, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. Yes. Let me back up. 
How did I make those? How am I? I guess I'm seeing those same. I'm getting those confused in my brain. So Nellie, like during the big storm, the two storms episode, she disappears. Remember? And she's standing there the entire time in the foyer, and they're all looking for her. And she was yeah. like, "I was standing right here calling to you guys." So she already knew. She already knew she was gonna like. Yeah, because when when we go back to present day, they're all fighting in the thing. And the 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 casket the falls. falls over. And so when they leave, she's just she's there. She's just knocked her casket you go know? over, going, Y'all didn't even see me this entire yeah. time. This time even when y'all are fighting, you didn't see me or hear me. And then when the sisters are fighting in the car heading up back to Hill House, mm. she's there with them. She saves all of them. She does. She's always been this little soul. Has been asking for things for her brothers and sisters her entire life. I found the message to be, it was a heartbreaking story. I think just in time for Christmas. Yeah. It should be your Christmas one. It should be, you know, it should be the love that you feel for your your fellow man. You should watch. Yeah. You should watch The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I like that. Because it, it is That's truly, it is, it's, like, you see this family just completely fucked up. But as they, all families as are. As all families are. And it's not like, you know, it's not like totally fucked up and like some families, but they keep coming back to each other. Well, there's no gunfire bonfires. Yeah. Like some people's family. But, uh, yeah, no. And that's what saves the house. Yeah. Because, you know, the house was... You know how he says it's like the house is not sane. In the beginning, it was ruled by fear, and then everyone walks alone. And now everybody walks together. And the, in the end, mm. it's still not sane, but it's not ruled by fear. It's ruled by love, and everybody walks together. Because those are the two things, those are the two irrational emotions. Mm. That we experience. God bless us, everyone. See, it's a Christmas movie, man. Yeah. Yo. I love it. I mean, even if you're not into this, it's... I'm convinced it's a good holiday movie. And you can watch it this It is a one. good holiday You movie. can watch this one at any time of the year, really. But if long about the fall, like, you can watch it for Halloween. You can watch it for Thanksgiving. You can watch it for Christmas. You can watch it at the renewal of the year. We should have it playing next year at Halloween. I agree. I think it's going to be our new tradition. I really do appreciate what they were trying to say in it and what they have said. I think it was just beautifully done. I'll have to go see what the 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 book is like and see mm. how it differs. I've never read it from yeah. Shirley Jackson's book. Yeah, I know Mike Flanagan adapted it. Obviously, you know this adaptation. I want to say is is. Got to be a modern take, right? I don't know. Yeah, because Maybe I, it I, isn't. I just did some just brief, you know, research on it, and it's not a family. It's four. It's four people, mm. unrelated, who well, go to the that's house. That's fine. And you know, and again, it was one of those adaptations where the book can stand alone, yeah. and the adaptation stands alone. I didn't do any of that prep for it. I didn't feel like I wanted to speak about. You know, I don't want to be an. I don't want to be like the, the librarian. No. But I'm going to go ahead. I don't I'm going to the Dewey Decimal System gonna, of y'all stuff. I'm going to probably read the book and see what it's Yeah, about. I feel like, yeah, I'm with you. 
you have to read some chapters and tell me whether I should. But it was it was casted really well too. I love this cast. You know, you didn't know that was Dario. I didn't know it was Dario. It's Michael Hoosman, man. I couldn't. I couldn't. Probably not said that way. Y'all know how I am with pronouncing names. I'm just well, still, could, the only name I don't know how to pronounce really well is Rami Malik. Well, the only people that I recognized was um, I can't even say my own name right. Who was it? Uh, the guy who plays Hugh, older Hugh, because I've seen him on another s- series. Timothy Hutton. Yeah, I've seen him on other stuff. Grew him. Grew up with Timothy Hutton. You didn't. You've never seen E. T. No, but, I didn't. But Hugh, that's... Is he one of the kids in E.T.? He's the kid. Oh, really? He's uh, Elliot. Oh. Uh. And then the only other person was um, Carla... I can't say her last name. Gugino? Gugino? Gugino, probably. Yeah. yeah. I remember her from Snake Eyes. So those are the only two I remember. <laughs> it's funny. Every time we watch something in the last... I've noticed this in the last like month. You're like, he was in Snake Eyes. I'm like, how many times did no, you watch fucking you Snake Eyes? About? You have... No, I seriously. only mentioned her No, that is not eyes. true. I need to roll a camera. I need to like record in my living room. You have referenced you are, Snake Eyes. No. Y'all. No. Boo-boo. You have referenced Snake Eyes three times in our household in the past... Three weeks of cast and snake eyes. No. Oh, yeah, you have. You are not remembering correctly. No, 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 Because when you would say it, I'm like, please put it in the comedy bank to bring up later. And then on the third time out, I'm like, how many times are you going to reference snake eyes? No. You're in denial. I'm not in denial, but that's fine. There's you a can, ghost behind you. You, you can saying. move on. Just kidding. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I can't say enough about it. Yeah, you should see it. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. And if you can, if you can watch the whole thing all the way through in one sitting, that's even better. Even better. I mean, but you know, some people like, it's late, it's dark. Maybe you bring along a friend. I don't know. It's pretty fucking scary. I was, I watched it during the daylight and I was kind of spooked out. Yeah, at nighttime it was like, and I'm surprised I didn't have I didn't have nightmares or dreams about the haunted house. Or, I just kept having dreams you know. that I was trying to like do the press tour for some Italian movie, but that might have been just the fact that I was eating a lot of Chinese food late at night. Sometimes I do that with spicy food. I just fall into all kinds of like I have production dreams where I have to get things done, and it's all like my phone's going off. And someone's demanding like access to something, and I that and no one's filled out their name right, and it's just it's all just dumb. I have really dumb nightmares. I don't. I'm not afraid of creatures. I'm afraid of like maybe I think bureaucracy and red tape. That's probably the biggest nightmares of my life. You know, just getting like and my dreams are, are very much like Kafka esque in nature, like the castle. Um, we. Signed on to the um, Beta 76 Fallout 4 today for the first time. I have to say I love it. Um, I feel like we are not a gamer podcast. Should we do um, a podcast about Fallout 76? Probably not our bag. We'll just mention it along the way. Go buy Fallout 76 and play it. <laughs> I, okay, fine. That's whatever. No one's paying us to do that. But um, I loved how rich it was and how fun it was. And I, you know... What was funny about 
my husband again. The reason I'm tying this in, this is anniversary week. We've been married for five years, begin to, together for nine. He plays video games a very specific way, especially Fallout 4, which is one of his favorite games. He investigates every single space. He, he inches forward. He like He's like one of these guys who, when he plays a game, he, he inches forward in every single um, square foot in a way where he investigates everything. I skip over stuff, jump over boulders, and like run crazy into the jaws of like uh, creatures and then don't know how to fight and die a lot and then curse. And he hears me getting frustrated and goes, just... <laughs> so today was pretty funny. Um, this is the first time we've been within the world of a same ga- uh, game together because we're doing Fallout Beta uh, 76. And he's doing all this kind of like specific thought-provoking study of his world. And I'm like, hey, what's over here in this fucking corner? Oh, there's a fucking zombie. How do I kill it? Yeah, I'm going to go over here. Yeah, okay, why? whatever. And um, this is going to be interesting. It's going to test our relationship, I feel like, to see how we uh, do play this game. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have any thoughts about that? No, it's going to be fun. You know I'm not going to change. No one I, wants you to change. I love that you're methodical. I love the way you play. I love that you like you read the instructions, and I love how I just grab the pamphlets out of the vault, and like I have charisma, and you got strength. And uh, how you have an advantage over me because I don't pay attention. That'll learn me. So I'm fine with it. I'm good. I'm still fearless as shit. If somebody's attacking you or us, I will run right up to its eyeballs and just like killerize it if I can. So I kind of like that uh, I am the way I am. And I love that you are so methodical the way you are. So that's what makes us a good team. Right? Yeah. Um, I have a recommendation for you guys. I just finished it. I'm going to get Ian turned on to it. He hasn't listened to the podcast. If you ever listen to the podcast Homecoming, um, I would recommend you go do it. You will have a better time, uh, I think, on some level, wa- listening to the podcast. Uh, it's Catherine Keener and Oscar Isaac doing the podcast. And then they turned it into a series on Prime with Sam Ismail, um, my boy. Uh, it's starring Julia Roberts, and um, I don't know the young actor who's playing. I don't have it in front of me. He plays Walter, but he's stellar. Um, and then Bobby Cannavale. These are, again, these are people that you'll see from Ismail's world. Um, also, Chad Hamilton is exec producing. So it feels to me like a little bit very Mr. Robot. Um, it feels very much like Mr. Robot. But don't go there looking for Mr. Robot. This is Sam Ismail's style. He brought it with him and developed it on Mr. Robot. What you should stay for is to patiently sit there and watch those. They're very short episodes, between 11 and 15 minutes, I think, an episode. Go watch Homecoming. If Ian totally falls for it, we're going to do a podcast about it. So please go watch that on Prime. It's really good. Um, you got to wait for it. Not everything is, uh, you know giving you all this shit. That's what podcasts are about. So things that are based on podcasts like lore, you have to have the patience to kind of parse through it for the payoff. Lore, so, lore was good. I mean... Well, lore is a bad example. It kind of gives you what you want in yeah. the moment. Yeah, okay. But I mean, some. I mean, not to just go off, but some of those episodes were like, huh? 
I think it's because you had to listen to the podcast. I listen to the Lore podcast all the time. Okay. I just love stories. I love stories around the campfire. So all started for me. So I don't know if you don't. I mean, honestly, you have to have like I feel like a certain appreciation for podcasts and storytelling in general. But homecoming is really well worth the pacing. And there's also inside jokes if you're a Sam Ismail fan and a Mr. Robot fan. Oh, yeah, then I'll, some, I'll see it. There's some beautiful Easter eggs in there that I'm like, oh, you sneaky bitch. Uh, he also plays with aspect ratio, um, memory, time, um, and there's a bigger political message um, in there that was embedded in the original series. Sam is not bringing that to the podcast that was in the original story. So what would be fun, because the episodes are certainly short on on uh, the podcast, is just clock those. You know, go to Homecoming, clock those. And then uh, go over to um, Prime and clock those. It's kind of fun. I got the privilege of... Um, Can I watch it and not... Listen to the podcast, or yeah. should I do it? Do I have to do it? I'm just saying way? for an enriched, like, okay, so you go see a movie and you truly love it, and you don't see the extended cut. Have you been short shrifted? Not really. You know, if you don't read the liner notes on an album, are you being like deprived of the experience? Not really. But if you want to deepen it, right, enrich it. I'm saying you get, don't yeah you don't even have to do them in that order. You can watch the series and listen to the podcast, or do one or not the other. I don't know. I'm not your mama. Do what you want. Don't do anything. Maybe I, you can't hear me because you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> you know, if you want to get existential on some shit, maybe we're not even here at all. Maybe this is a simulation, and none of us are real. We're all Mr. Robot. Um, so going back to the Haunting of Hill House, I, I have to say that uh, I just have one big burning question that no one's been able to answer so much on the Internet. Why is, why is Hugh's eyes like that? When he's the younger Hugh, I feel like I know. Is it Henry Thomas? I think plays him. I, I was looking at pictures of him. I don't ever feel like Henry was walking around. With these big, crazy blue eyes. I know they're faded when we meet Hugh later in life. So I'm not quite understanding what's happening with his eyeballs. Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't, I don't know why they're doing that. Because they're they're making it's like they're what? making a point that it's right. glaring. So I, I okay. I don't know why that's y'all that help way. me with this. If y'all know something I don't know, again, yeah. I didn't do a whole lot of research. I just watched the series a couple of times. So if the answer is obvious, then hmm, okay. Um, we'll be back. We're going to be recording a podcast and putting it up tomorrow. This one and Bohemian Rhapsody will be going up tomorrow. You'll get them boom, boom fashion. Um, so as soon as you listen to this one, know that there's probably going to be one not too far behind it for Bohemian Rhapsody. And uh, yeah, please listen to both. Thank you guys for following us on social media. I am not great at uh, taking care of our social media. I am a bad pet owner when it comes to that kind of stuff. I love my dog. I take him. Uh, my husband takes him for walks, and, and well, sure you his, got his water is fresh every got, day. You got uh, retweeted by the um, 
American Horror Story Apocalypse yeah, for, official. For ho- for Halloween. That's that's pretty good. I guess so. You and I dressed up as uh Ariel and Miriam Mead. My waddle came in handy. Check out our uh check out our social media and you can see it. Yeah, it's on it's on there's uh four pictures on Twitter and some stuff on Instagram for us. Ashland Podcast, you can find us in a lot of places. Yeah, I mean that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not good at it though. I had to say I'm, I'm a bad, I'm a bad social media person. I feel like it's kind of, it's important. And I love that the, the people who follow us, follow us. I respect and love that. I just don't, I'm not a big like gobbler of, it needs to be 2,600 or 5,000. I'm kind of appreciative of just the handful of people who, who follow us on social media because I know that a a lot of people listen to the podcast who don't really go to our social media. There seems to be a disconnect. We actually have a lot more people listening to the podcast than actually come to our social media and vice versa. I mean, no, not vice versa. The people who come to our social media are liking it for a picture or a moment or a headline. But we have tons of people who have been listening to us for a while now. So I'm, you know... I kind of love all of those kinds of things. You you like our pictures and you like our stuff, but you never listen to the podcast. And then the people who listen to the podcast are like, I'm not going to your fucking social media and liking anything. I kind of respect both of those takes on it. It's fine. Completely fine. Um, I'm going to go because I have to pee. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And just remember, everywhere is haunted. But those motherfuckers are not allowed in. Don't go in the you basement. Say so. I, you go in the basement and tell them to get the fuck out of your basement because you need to do laundry or watch a movie or jerk off down there or whatever you're doing in the basement besides burying a body and then you're going to get haunted as shit. I'm just saying, you know, everywhere's haunted on the earth. Just calm down and, you know, reclaim your space. All right, guys. Peace and I love you. Bye. <laughs>